This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Gabriel Tiodros. There's a new documentary out on the early days of hip hop. It's called Where We're From, Rise of the LA Underground, produced and directed by DJ Bonds and DJ Breeze. They were founders and producers of Club Elements in LA from 1998 until 2002. They, along with Los Angeles venues like Unity, The Good Life, and Project Bloat, were iconic venues for underground hip-hop that helped the culture flourish up and down the West Coast. Elements held weekly freestyle battles that helped form the foundation of battle culture as we know it today. I caught up with DJ Bonds and Breeze to talk a little bit about the documentary. I just, for the second time today, watched the Elements film, the documentary that y'all put together. Thank you, Um, thank you. (laughs) You know, and it's I got to thank y'all. It's, it's it's a beautiful like it's a beautiful love letter to that Los Angeles underground, you know, and I would say to underground hip hop uh, in general, you know, even though it's about the Los Angeles scene. I saw echoes of what we were experiencing in Seattle at the same time. Um, I wanted to talk about space in the film because it's it's I feel like space is something that comes up a lot through the film and and just and just you guys' story and, and in a lot of ways a story of underground hip hop in general, right? And it comes up in ways that I think a lot of people who are outside of it might not really understand. And what I mean is like, so I don't know Los Angeles well, but I've I've been to Project Blowed. You know what I mean? I've been to the Chaos Network and seen how small of a room it is. And um I've been to the good life. I've seen that it's 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 a small health food cafe. Not even meant to be a music venue where people came and did a weekly open mic in a lot of ways changed the way people approached hip hop, you know, with with the influence of freestyle fellowship, particularly on so many people's styles. And throughout this film, y'all talked about the struggle for space, um, whether it's lugging the lugging the whole sound system to the club for elements or trying to have to write an essay to <laughs> convince the people at El Rey to let y'all throw a show. Can you talk a little bit about that struggle to find spaces for for elements and just for underground hip hop in general in LA? Because it's, it's something that I don't think people really understand is unique to our culture. I'll touch on it. And I know Bonds can, has a way more to say on this, but it wasn't just us. It was everybody. And there, there was this ridiculous perception about hip hop a lot of that was being pushed in the media with the Biggie and Pac thing. But because of that perception, because it's being pushed in mainstream media, yes, of course, owners were like, oh, you're playing what? Oh, then you have to get extra insurance or you have to, or you can't have it at all. You know, or they would just literally close their doors on it. Meanwhile, you got like, you know, rock shows with literally people fighting in the street, like in front of the Roxy and the whiskey on, on the Sunset Strip. And they'd never had to go through any of that stuff, whether it was racially motivated, you know, who knows? Some people say it was sometimes I think it, it, it was, but that was everywhere. If you said hip hop, it was like taboo. It was like the boogeyman, you know, and Bonds was the main guy trying to get these venues. And he, I remember he was just had to jump rope a lot just to get stuff for us. And it was just like, like, we have to do what, <laughs> you know, it was that type of thing. So I know he can touch on it more. So. Yeah, it was um, it definitely was a struggle, you know, and um, it was, you know, I, I noticed as I kept getting this wall of resistance, if you will, that it was time to make some uh, 
calculated maneuvers of getting the white boy to go in there and, and, and get the venue for us and then say, oh, by the way, these are my partners after the contract was signed, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, we had to do different things in order to get a real quote unquote venue, you know, uh, not just a warehouse or not just some underground, you know, and then and no disrespect to those, the venue, we grew up to that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? We grew up to those kind of warehouse experiences, but wanted to throw, uh, you know, more of a quality, if you will, you know what I'm saying? It's a type of event, you know what I'm saying? In order to pull that off like a real club with alcohol and some women up in there and you know you can't you can't have a lot of women up in the underground like warehouse you know what i'm saying you got to create the right environment where it feels safe right. you know what i'm saying it has to be a safe place so you know our our main thing i know it sounds crazy but you know we just want to get some ladies up in there and, and <laughs> you know what i'm saying have a good time and have some hip-hop too so uh mm-hmm. we had to find better venues than just your typical warehouse type of event yeah, it meant so much to me to, to see it documented in the way that you guys had it in this film, because I don't think I've seen that struggle in a film before, but it's very much like our lived experience, even in Seattle with uh with the hip hop community here. And it's something that I really want the younger generation to to know that, that we had to go through and that in many ways it still happens. You know what I mean? Um, here in Seattle, it's interesting because um, Bonds, we go back because uh, brought you and Mystic up for a show to Seattle many years ago. Um, uh, we were talking off the mic. I brought you to an Eritrean restaurant that my sister uh, Rahwa, may she rest in peace, had run. The restaurant was called Hidmo. And Hidmo had become like a hip hop mecca in Seattle for just like smaller, intimate, all ages hip hop shows. What a lot of people don't realize is that Rahwa was kind of like a Seattle Ben Caldwell or a Seattle B. Hall. And these are people who come from a community and have heart for a community. And what a lot of people I don't think realize is that I don't know what it's like in LA, but in Seattle, when she opened the doors to that business, the police came in. Like I'm talking about Seattle police officers came in the business and we're in her business asking what kind of music was she planning on doing? And they advised her not to do any hip hop. I say advise, but it's kind of more of like a threat. You know what I mean? And when she refused and she did some all ages hip hop shows anyways, the level of harassment went up and all of a sudden you've got like the police coming with squad cars and shining their lights through the windows and carding everybody, even in rooms where there's no alcohol, like, and she did it anyways. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just wanted to, 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 to say like this, it's to that level that I appreciate y'all sharing the story. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's important, you know, you know, it just reminds me of some of the other struggles that uh, were there for producing positive hip hop events that necessarily didn't always glorify violence or, you know, things of that nature. So you don't really recognize it till like hindsight or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So with that said, you know, that, but also, you know, there is a little bit of responsibility of those in our age bracket to maybe own some venues, you know what I'm saying? Yes, you know, sir. To provide the opportunity for the younger kids to now explore that, you know, as we come out of this pandemic or well, we're still in a pandemic, but, you know, there's an incredible opportunity to provide space, you know what I'm saying, for those that need it, you know, um, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, 
it's rough out there, right? You know what I'm saying? Folks is, is going through it, especially after the pandemic. So you don't want the streets to get hot again, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to provide the opportunity for people to have that space to celebrate music, to participate in music, to participate in the elements of hip hop, which is what we did. So, you know, I hope someone hears my voice and gets inspired and go ahead and get your homies and put that, get 10 of your homies, put that money up and own the venue to provide the space to cultivate hip hop. It's okay. You can do it. Trust each other, you know? So let me just think to, I think to add to that, there is some dark history here too, you know, I know Bonds can attest to this with Project Blow, with the B-Boy Summit and the police, where we're talking about literally people being beaten with batons. And it takes, sometimes I call them beams of light, you know, like people like Ben Caldwell, people like Bonds. It takes that one person to just be like, no, we're going to do it. And that's really it, regardless of what happens people don't realize that that night, you know, what happened at Project Blow, I mean, we're like I said, we're talking about riot police and people getting tear gassed. Can you talk about what happened for people that are not familiar? I personally wasn't there for the, for the Project Blow. I was there for the B-Boy Summit one. I mean, basically uh, when black and brown kids get together, you know, and especially in large numbers, it becomes threatening. And uh, one night there was just, you know, it was just a cracking night at Project Blow. And I don't know what really set it off, but I, I just know that the cops were trying to control it and you can't control that type of energy. You just have to let it be, you know? And I, I don't know why they were called. I don't know what started, but I do know that people ended up with some batons on their head that night, arrested. It made the news. It, it And of course the news has a, a one-sided story. Um, mm-hmm. And the same thing with B-Boy Summit, we didn't really get to touch on that either, but Asia won. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been through so much with the cops. And one time they had it at Venice Beach. And we're thinking, this is going to be beautiful. You know, Venice Beach, we're right there on the water, B-boys and B-girls. And and the next thing you know, it, I mean, it's B-boy summit. It's going to attract a lot of people. It does every year. Mm-hmm. And the cops felt it was getting out of hand. They tried to control it. And next thing you know, same thing, tear gas, batons and and so you have that type of history here. Even mm-hmm. on our second show, we almost got shut down by the fire marshal. And I literally told him, if you shut me down, we're going to have a riot. Do you want that on your hand? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I told him, I said, we got 30 minutes and we're out. And he, and he let me, thank goodness, you know, he was like, yeah, you got 30 minutes. If not, I shut it down. So I was like, all right, cool. So LA does have that, that history, you know, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like Bonds and I, we come from an era, I have an 18 year old son who didn't see the beginning. He loves hip hop, mm-hmm. but he never saw the beginning. Like Bonds and I come from an era where it was considered the devil's music, <laughs> you know, we're, we're that old. So, you know, I'm not saying we're old, but we're old in hip hop years. You know, like I remember the early eighties and, and adults who were like our parents and a lot of teachers and co- they were like, what is this? You can't do this. You can't do this. So that's why a lot of early hip hop was in warehouses, in places that you couldn't see. And our era was the beginning of change of that, where it was more beginning to be more open. Like Bonds is saying, we were in nicer venues, and you know. But we come from an era where it was—it's always been looked at like, like an outlaw thing almost, you know. 
Whereas now it's really accepted. And that's what I tell my son. And, yeah. you know, I tell him, like, I come from an era where it wasn't accepted. Yeah. You know, I was like, I was like, you, you see hip hop in every commercial now. So it's different. So, you know, it's a, it's a trip to see it. You know, people, it's, it's such a trip. It's like people had to fight for venues to have music that ended up saving mm-hmm. people's lives. Like <laughs> well, people fear what they don't understand. You know? So, right. You know, right. And people didn't understand hip hop when it came out. They didn't. That was DJ Breeze and DJ Bonds talking about the new documentary, Where We're From, Rise of L.A. Underground Hip Hop. It's available now on streaming services everywhere. A decade of underground hits the crowd's favorites. Before they all go astray, double A. They get food out, we gotta show them a better way. Before you lose hope in your foes, the mother crews don't even come close. Show them a better way. Who better to rep L.A.? That was Sound and Vision. I'm Gabriel Teodros. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have the means, please consider giving a one-time $20 donation at kxp.org slash sound. Thank you for listening.